0: Some people say there's nothing new under the sun, but this summer does feel different, at least in the healthcare world. From obesity to sharks, I'll share five new and surprising trends, some good, some bad, and some just plain head-scratching. Hi everyone, I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group and host of the Health Biz Podcast, a weekly show where I usually interview healthcare leaders about their lives and careers. But it's mid-August, and a lot of those healthcare leaders are on vacation. So today, it's just me. If you like what you hear, please like this episode and subscribe. Here are five changes from last summer. Number one, obesity. For years, we've heard obesity is the country's biggest problem. But now the big problem seems to be obesity drugs. The average American just keeps getting fatter. And it's leading directly to conditions like diabetes, heart disease, and fatty liver disease. Diet is the natural way to weight loss, but almost no one manages to keep their weight off after losing it in the first place. So there's just a huge demand for weight loss drugs. And those new drugs are on the market, where they pumped up the valuation of drug company stocks and slimmed down celebrities and regular people. But these products are pricey, and their long term health impacts are unclear. Well, not surprisingly, insurance companies are trying to contain the ballooning expense. They say they're blocking reimbursement for patients who don't meet the clinical criteria. I have no objection to that, but there's also evidence that they're constraining availability for others too. Insurance company critics say this policy is short-sighted. After all, insurers are avoiding short-term costs, but they'll have to deal with higher expenses down the road. While that's true in the aggregate, But people switch insurance companies all the time, so it only makes financial sense for insurers to focus on those quick payoffs. Number two, sharks. When sharks on Cape Cod reappeared a few years ago, it spooked a lot of beachgoers. People stayed away, more swimming pools were built, and there was a crisis atmosphere. But the Cape has rebounded. There's big signs at the beach warning visitors to stay away from seals, also known as shark bait and there are bleed kits available in case of an attack. But now tourists are actually embracing these fascinating animals. Shark tours have joined whale watches among the summer entertainments, and I especially like the signs and t-shirts I see in Chatham proclaiming, every week is shark week. Reproductive rights. Last year at this time, the Dobbs decision denying the constitutional right to reproductive choice had supporters of abortion rights on the defensive. Bans were going into effect in many states, and those who'd pushed the Supreme Court way to the right of American public opinion were celebrating. But opponents of reproductive freedom are continuing to overplay their hand, and that's creating opportunities for moderates and liberals to assert themselves with ballot initiatives. Ohio is just the latest example and may not be the last one. Number four, healthcare disparities. The Supreme Court's decision to end race-based college admissions was widely predicted. College admissions is a mess, and there's widespread resentment about how top schools shape their classes. Before the decision was announced, I hadn't heard much, when thought about, much about the broader repercussions. But opponents of preferences are using the ruling to attack diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts in other parts of the economy. We're seeing the effects in corporate hiring programs and minority contract set-asides, and I expect this pushback to have a fair amount of success. There may be implications for healthcare too, where disparities among populations are often extreme. I'm starting to see advocacy groups attempt to get ahead of this issue. For example, I received an email from supporters of the Minority AIDS Initiative, which was passed by Congress to address the disproportionate impact of HIV on people of color. They explain how their initiative's use of race is different from college admissions, in particular, it meets three criteria that are laid out in the Supreme Court ruling. Number one, it must satisfy strict scrutiny. Number two, it must avoid race-based stereotyping and avoid using race as a negative to some and a plus to others. And it must have a logical endpoint. I think that most citizens and politicians are going to find these health disparity initiatives more palatable than general DEI and race-based college admissions, but I'm uncertain. Number five, Bidenomics. Well, Bidenomics is a term that doesn't quite roll off the tongue, although it's growing on me. It is a good way, though, to bring the attention to the fact that the economy is doing pretty well despite the predictions of recession. And We also see that increased federal spending, environmental investments, and lower inflation are here thanks to the Inflation Reduction Act. But of course, opponents are belittling it. They've also provided my best investment opportunity, at least on a percentage return basis. And I want to say a special thank you to Miami Mayor Suarez, who's offered me $20 in exchange for donating $1 to help him qualify for the Republican presidential debate stage. In his tweet, he says that, quote, Bidenomics is making the American dream unaffordable. So I asked, how can I help? And you answered, I'm offering every American a $20 Bidenomics relief card when you give just $1 to help me qualify for the debate stage. So I actually gave a dollar and got my $20. I say... Keep it coming.